I want to share something with you today that is very special to me. It's actually very precious. I have it with me. It's this blanket. <laughs> this blanket, it's a rug rat blanket, and I'm dating myself. How many people remember and know what the rug rats are? Very good, very good. <laughs> This blanket has been with me for the past 20 years of my life. And yes, I am in my mid-30s and I am still holding on to my childhood security blanket. Don't judge me, First Parish, just don't judge me, okay? <laughs> this blanket is special. It was given to me by a lady named Miss Lucy. Miss Lucy and I had a very special bond. I used to care for her son who had special needs throughout my high school years. While Miss Lucy was off at work at the night shift, I would put Kirk to bed and then wake him up the next morning, feed him breakfast, take him to the bus stop, and then head off to school myself. I did this for four years. And though I had a very adult responsibility, I still had this childlike innocence that was attached to me that drew me to the Rugrats. Miss Lucy saw my love for this cartoon series, and so she gave me this blanket as a gift to thank me for all the work I was doing with her son. And I loved this blanket then, and I love this blanket now. I'm pretty attached to it. This blanket has followed me from Louisiana to Florida, Florida to Georgia, from Georgia to Cape Town, South Africa, then back to Georgia, and now present day Cambridge. It has some miles on it. <laughs> It is one of the few items that has actually accompanied me throughout my many transitions in life. If this blanket could speak, it would tell the stories of so many of my greatest joys and my deepest sorrows. It would share the many stories of the diverse people that I've met and the places that I've gone and how those things have shaped my life to date. These little babies, <laughs> frozen in time, would share my greatest success and my deepest failures. And because there is so much of my history wrapped up in this blanket, this $35 blanket, it has become a deep part of my life. And in every sense of the words, it has become my security blanket. It brings me great comfort. During this 50th anniversary of the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, I see our nation leaning into this moment with the same nostalgia that I have for my regret blanket. And let me just say, it is an honor and a privilege to see people like Congressman John Lewis and others who were brutally beaten stand and remind this great nation what it took to change the consciousness of America. 
in a sense, our nation was forced to grow up over the past 50 plus years. A group of young, fearless ladies and gentlemen looked evil in the eye and refused to back down. Till this day, Congressman Lewis bears the mark of that era in his body and in his mind as a reminder of what happens when one has the audacity to challenge authority. Dr. King and so many other countless people that we don't know their names bear the same mark from the grave. 50 years later, the brave freedom fighters of that time and the historical words of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King is before us to reflect, to process, and to come to terms with how far we have come and what is required of us as a nation moving forward. Over the past week, the words, I have a dream, has been on the lips and the minds of many. To be honest, there are a few other words from that speech other than I have a dream that people truly gravitate towards. If we are to be honest with ourselves, I think we would see how our nation has made the term I have a dream, a security blanket after a turbulent time in American history. These words have comforted us from the trauma of our past, yet has also shielded this nation from the grim realities of the 60s and many current day realities that face us. Lynching oppression, and the likes of Bloody Sunday wasn't new, but rather the civil rights era allowed America to see its hatred and degradation of a people on prime time television. In a sense, we suffer from the same challenges today. How often do we open our eyes and ears to see and hear the contradictions that live and breathe around us every single day? But here we are, 50 years later, and everyone shares Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's dream that his four little children would one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. And we teach these words to our children and we cling to the I have a dream portion of that speech because it makes us comfortable. It was a major trauma in our nation. It is so much harder to sit with the other parts of the speech and the realities of the 60s. Tanahase, Coates, 
captures this beautifully in an article that recently ran in the Atlantic called On the Death of a Dream. He states, in the 60s, black men and women who carried the pain of living in a terrorist state, who carried the pain of redlining, of job discrimination, of being chased out of land, then turns on the television and saw black women and children getting beaten, no one was being punished. Sometimes the police were doing the beating. Jackie Kennedy held King in contempt. John F. Kennedy likened him to Dr. Martin Luther King at times, and the response of the white public was even more visceral. And so for daring to oppose Vietnam, for challenging apartheid, for claiming that garbage workers are fully human and people, they murdered him. We don't talk about that part of the story. We don't reflect on the entirety of the story of how a few, a very few actually, with courage had the audacity to put their lives on the line to redeem a nation. Quoting children being judged by the content of their character is just so much easier to digest. In commemorating the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, I want to challenge all of us today to go beyond the comfort we find in those famous words, I have a dream. For the sermon text, I intentionally left it out. King's words are majestic, they're poetic, and they're beautiful, and they inspire a nation, and they continue to inspire a nation this day. However, America has stripped those words from its original context for our own level of comfort. I have a dream is deeply rooted in a philosophy attached to equality. And if we were to honor the sacrifice of Dr. of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, we must challenge ourselves to embrace the entirety of his message rather than reducing the message to four simple words we teach our children once a year. The people of the civil rights movement were tackling systems, and that is what we are all called to do this day. We are to tackle the system that allows a black teenager to be murdered and his killer goes free. We are to tackle a society that goes back to business as usual 
after the murder, the mass murder of children in our public schools. We are to attack an educational system that perpetuates the fell laws of the past of separate but equal that leaves poor and minority kids to fend for themselves. We must tackle a nation that turns a blind eye to thousands of immigrants dying in U.S. deserts in their quest to have the American dream. We must tackle the systems that allow wealthy and people of power to gamble with our economy with no consequence. And this Labor Day weekend, we must challenge the system that creates the working poor. America's poverty rate is now at its highest level in two generations. And many Americans are working a job that's not even a livable wage. And hear this one. One million of us have a hard time putting food on the table, and almost half of America's children live in or near poverty. Almost half of America's children live in near poverty. Systematic problems continue to exist in this nation. So the question we must ask ourselves during this 50th commemoration of the March on Washington is this. Is it enough for this nation to wrap itself up in the security blanket of the I have a dream speech. Is it enough to live off the hopes and dreams of individuals who gave their lives for freedom over 50 years ago? My sisters and my brothers, my brothers and my sisters, let us move beyond our comfort and place the dream in its rightful context. In doing so, then we will truly honor the legacy of all those who changed a nation. In a sense, we come to our nation's capital to cash a check. When the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, they were signing a promissory note to which every American would fall heir. This note was a promise to all men and, yes, women, yes, black men and women and white men and women, would be guaranteed an unalienable right of life, 
liberty and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check which has come back to mark insufficient funds. But we refuse to believe that the Bank of Justice is bankrupt. I am not unmindful, for some of you have come here out of great trials and great tribulation. Continue to work with faith that unearned suffering is redeemable. Go back to Mississippi. Go back to Alabama. Go back to South Carolina. Go back to Georgia. Go back to Louisiana. And go back to the slums and ghettos of our north, northern cities, knowing that somehow the situation can and will be changed. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friends, this is the hope. This is the faith that I will go back to the South with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair, a rock of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the discords of a nation into a beautiful symphony of brother and sisterhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, knowing that we will be free one day. And this will be the day, this will be the day when all God's children will be able to sing with new meaning, my country tis of thee, sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountaintop, let freedom ring. And if America is to be this great nation we declare ourselves to be, this must become true.